with you all, if y'all don't mind. Well, how's everybody? Merry Christmas? Man. Happy soon to be New Year. This mic is working out pretty good. Everybody can hear me okay? All right. Wow. I was, I was in the audio room, and we were in there praying, and I saw Sonia and Pascal. I didn't see you. I, I've been in there all this time and see you guys. And this is the first time we've ever, me, my eyes, have ever seen all the children. This is awesome. Uh, we've talked about you guys and prayed for you guys for years and years and years. And you have an awesome, awesome parents. So uh, I know you guys know that, but. You probably don't hear it often from other people, but you guys have awesome parents. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you this morning for your word and uh, what you laid on my heart. Um, I would like to, Lord, just um, be a vessel this morning. Um, stop anything that you don't want her to come from coming out of my mouth. Any pride, any... Uh, bolsterous feelings, just let your word be heard. Let the thoughts and the intents of the heart be pure as we go through your word this morning. And may lives be changed, may hearts be cleansed, may those that are not saved be saved because of your word. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so my, my wife tells me that... Um, I get a little heavy up here, so I'm going to try to be a little light today, um, being that we're in a holiday season. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a little bit about why that is, and then I'll get into the message. Um, I had to clarify that to make sure you don't think this is coming out of God's word. But... Um, Um, so my mom is here, so I really can't lie, and uh, um, so when I was raised up, my mom was, uh, she was pretty strict on us. She made sure we cleaned our room and picked up after ourselves, and, which was awesome, and as I was growing up, I actually thought, you know, Everybody was taught that way. So when you're told to do something, you're supposed to do it. And, and this went on until, a, like, teenager, um, young adult. I was just thinking, you know, when, when you get a job and the boss tells you what to do, you just do it, right? You don't question the boss. You don't think, well, that's not right. That's not, you just do it. And that's how I was raised and that's what I did as I was growing up and actually I found out that that could actually be very rewarding at times when you do what you're supposed to do you know and sometimes you even try to do things that aren't asked of you to do that you know need to be done and found out that it was very rewarding as well so when I actually um, came to know Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I figured Whatever is in God's word that God tells, you, tells us to do, 
that we just are supposed to do it. It just keep it simple. And, you know, it, it's just funny that I'm talking about this now because the Lord laid on my heart this, this passage. And it's kind of along those lines. Real simple. It's going to be a simple and quick message today. But I, I just... When there's a pattern, when there's a pattern, and you see that if you follow that pattern, you can, you can have, and this is what I want to get into today. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's a difference between excellence and there's a difference between excellence and success. So when you're young and eager, y'all ever heard, the, there's many, many stories, but there's examples, cartoons and all this stuff. The old bull and the young bull, right? The old bull always tells the young bull, no, wait, wait, just be patient. Well, when, I don't know how you guys were, but when I first was coming to know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I was a young bull. And I just, man, let's go and get it. Let's go, go after this thing. And I realized that the old bull way is sometimes the better way. And you can come off uh, and, and tear things up along the way when you're doing it the young bull way. You're just tearing whatever's in the path up just to, because you're on the path of righteousness. At least you think you are. So um, um, I realized that I had to grow in patience. And I'm still growing in patience. Matter of fact, all of us are growing in patience. There'll never come a day where we're perfect until we actually are in front of our Lord and Savior, and he actually stands in for us for our imperfections. So we'll never get to that point. I, I, um, we're just supposed to practice. Practice, 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 because perfecting in practice leads to an excellent life. So um, I'm, I'm rambling. So let me, let me get into the text. So our text today is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. If you have uh, your phone with the Bible app on it, or if you have your tablet with you with the Bible app on it, or if you have an actual Bible that has words on it, if you would turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're just going to go through seven verses, but I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pigtail into uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 2 just on a couple of verses, just so that you know. I know um, Brandon, we talk sometimes, and he's always saying, you know, I don't like when people are going through a lot of verses. Let's just stick with one portion of the text. So, Brandon, I'm getting off the text a little bit. So hang in there. Um, so let me give you a backdrop. So this is from Timothy. Uh, this, is, this is to Timothy. And Paul, how many of y'all really, really like Paul? Paul was, uh, that dude was uh, something else. Um, if there was anyone that we could uh, really use as an example in our life, it's Paul. Because that, that, that guy was solid. He was solid. Um, solid to the point where he actually challenged the, uh, the originals. You know, he challenged Peter at one point in time. 
Uh, but Paul, that, that guy was, uh, he's someone that I want to exemplify my life from because of what he was able to do and who he actually became. So in the backdrop of this message is Paul was in prison and he, he, all the things that Paul had did, this was his last letter. This was the last writing that Paul ever did. And now I want you guys to really think about this. If you were, if you were on your deathbed, and you had a, your last words to someone, and you really, really wanted to convey how they should live and th the examples that they should follow and the mistakes that you may have made that you don't want them to make, and you wrote them a letter, what would it be in it? That's what this is right here. And all the people that you thought were on your side that over the years you found out really didn't follow through on their commitment and you'll have people say I'm with you for life I got your back and all this stuff and you turn around and nobody's there matter of fact you might have a knife in your back um, that's, that's part of leadership that's part of leadership now all men let's see show of hands all men raise your hand young men old men all men raise your hand alright so we're leaders of our household Therefore, um, we have the biggest uh, weight on our shoulders. Amen? Um, we're supposed to be examples for our household. And we're supposed to be what we want our children to be or be what we want our relatives to be through our example. Paul's example in life, he's putting it on paper and he's giving it to Timothy and he says look Timothy I'm on my deathbed I'm locked up um, he may have been in chains at that time I'm not 100% sure but he knew that the end of his life was right right around the corner and from what the uh, scholars say that the, the form of death that he was getting ready to have was his head was going to be chopped off uh, because that's what they did to uh, Christians back then. So he knew it was, and it wasn't, he wasn't scared of death. He was at the point of going, man, I'm not going to be with the saints anymore. This is the last, this is the last letter I'm going to be able to give to him. And his, the guy, his protege, Timothy, one of, the, one of his main guys who had been on many missionary trips with him, he said, Timothy, this is, this is for you. So that's the backdrop. He's writing this letter. It's this last, last letter, last book that he's going to write. And I'll start reading, and I'll jump off from verse to verse. Um, in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. So when he says, I charge you, he's charging Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, this is some serious stuff. I'm trying to get your attention right here. I want you to listen. Because what I'm getting ready to write after this, you have to take this to heart. 
I really want you to understand what I'm saying here, Timothy. Um, in verse 2, he goes on to say, preach the word. And I don't know what uh, version of the word that you're looking at. Um, I think I'm looking at the New American Standard Version. I picked this Bible up this morning and um, my other one was kind of ripped to shreds. So I think this is New King James that I'm reading. Okay. All right. So it says preach the word and it has an explanation point. Preach the word. You can't get any more serious than that with an explanation point behind it. Preach the word. This is, this is some serious stuff, Timothy. Preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Be ready. If I were to wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I ask for your help, would you give me scripture help or worldly help? Be ready. Practice. If you've been practicing, Timothy, you should be ready. It's being an, a daily example of how your life should be, of how our life should be. It's kind of like a, uh, an, a, the Olympics is coming up. And if you guys know the, the athletes, every four years the Olympics happens and the athletes train for basically four years. Uh, the ones that are planning on going to the following Olympics from the last Olympics, from the day they, if they got a medal, from the day they get their medal until the next Olympics, they're practicing. They're practicing. They're mastering their craft. Matter of fact, if they've won a gold medal, guess what they have to do after they won their gold medal? They've got to practice. They can't just say, I've made it. Now I no longer have to practice. So we can't just say, I'm saved. I no longer have to do anything else because I'm good enough. We have to keep practicing. Amen. We have to keep listening to God's word, reading God's word, obeying God's word, and living it out, being an example. We have to keep practicing. He's telling Timothy, preach the word, be ready, keep practicing. Then he tells him what he wants to do. He tells him five things. He says, I want you to convince. I want you to teach the word in such a way where you can allow the Holy Spirit to convince. Not you convince. Not you get up in front of everybody doing certain things, showing certain things to try to convince people. But allowing the Holy Spirit to convince, wake people up as they live in their life and they can hit a roadblock and go, whoa. Teach the word so that you can rebuke the wrong things in their life. The wrong things even in your life, Timothy. I want you to rebuke the wrong things that are in the lives of people that may be doing it, that they can actually hear your word and allow the Holy Spirit to convict them. Exhort. I want you to exhort the word. I want you to teach the word the way it should be taught. Not to stray away, not to bring in anything out from the outside of the world, but to teach the world what the word is saying with all long suffering there's going to be some suffering as you do this Timothy there's going to be a lot of things going on that you probably are not going to like 
in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, it says, let me get there. It says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me, Timothy, in faith and in love, which are in Christ Jesus. Hold fast to the truth. Verse 15, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are these two gentlemen. <laughs> There's going to be times when you have people in your life that are going to do wrong to you. I know when I first was uh, saved, one of the things I thought was going to happen was that I got saved and things were just going to line up. Because when, when if, it depends on what people are saying when they're giving the gospel message. You want all things to become new. You want to be blessed. You want to have this. You want to have success in life. Then accept Christ and everything's going to line up. So you start thinking, I'm not going to have any issues in life. I'm not going to have any struggles in life. Paul is getting ready to die. He's getting ready to be killed. And he's telling Timothy, long-suffering is coming your way. You're going to have a lot of issues because you're following this life, this exemplifying example that I've given to you for you to follow. And then he says, teach, continue to teach the word. When you teach, there's going to be issues. There are going to be people that come against you. There are going to be Things said about you. How many good things are said in our modern day culture uh, regarding Christianity? It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. You have um, false religions that get more press clippings than Christianity, which is fine because Jesus Christ didn't come on earth for that. He didn't come to earth to get press clippings. He came to earth to save souls. Paul is calling Timothy to excellence, not success. He did not want him to succeed. He wanted him to be excellent. And I, 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 I wrote something down here. It says, Paul is calling Timothy to personal excellence, not success. For us, don't chase success. Strive to be excellent. You can be excellent, but not successful. Success is what the culture gives us. Excellence is where God can take us. You pursue ex excellence whether or not society recognizes you. Amen? Excellence is being the best you can be. Measure yourself against your own potential, not anyone else's, your own potential. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 3. In verse 3, Paul continues on. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires... Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers 
So in verse 1, I call that the charge. Verse 2, I call that the command. Verse 3, I call that the curse. That's been a curse from generation to generation. Um, the, the reason is because um, this has happened throughout all time when people come against uh, God's called people or leaders. And they... Instead of listening to what God has told those leaders to preach and teach, they turned around and started casting fault at them. Well, who, who are you? Who, who put you in charge? Why are we to listen to you instead of this person over here? What makes you better than them? And they start saying, you know what? I don't like the way you're saying things. I don't like the way you're teaching things. Matter of fact, the things that you're teaching are making me feel uncomfortable. I like it over here where it's comfortable, so I'm going to stick over here because their teaching is not too much different. It's just they're making me feel better. So I want to stick over here. So they, they, they get around and they get to the point. This happens in every generation. Every generation. We were doing our board meeting yesterday, and I, I kind of uh, used an example in the devotions of uh, when Moses and Aaron were getting, in, in number 16, when they were getting challenged by the, the, the Jews, and they were telling them, you know, you guys are putting yourself up on the top of the pedestal. Uh, we don't want to listen to you. And then the ground opened up and swallowed them up because they didn't want to take on what God was trying to tell them what to do and how to do through Jesus, I mean, sorry, through Moses and Aaron. Well, God's word is here with us now. When we don't do what God's word says, now, the ground might not open up and swallow us. Although some of you are probably going, you want to bet I've been through a pothole the last couple of weeks. <laughs> we have the opportunity now to take God's word and correct ourselves. We can continue to practice and correct ourselves. We can come to church. We can come to the hospital. This is the hospital. There's some people come to the hospital and they're on the, the emergency room. They, they're, they're, they came in on a, 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 what do they call the things? A stretcher. They came in on a stretcher. Some people walk in and they just need a checkup. Some people are kind of not feeling good. And they come in and they're just, Doc, I need to see you. So that's, that's what this, this building kind of is a triage for us. It's, it's, it's our hospital. And we're going to go through things. But we have to continue to understand God's word. You know, we're going to not endure the non-biblical teaching of God's word. So verse 4, right? All right, let me, let me tell you something before I leave verse 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, it says, But shun profane and idle babbling, and they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Think about that. I don't like the way you're saying things. I don't like the way you're doing things. I'm going to go over here where it's comfortable. We tend to go to where our comfort zone is. And 
Sometimes when, when you get around righteousness, it might not be the numbers. But profane and idle babbling, that probably gets more numbers. The ungodliness attracts more and more and more and more people. That's when you, you can actually think about we're in a war. Um, we're in a war against the flesh, the world, and the evil one. And he's always going to have some power to pull people. But we also have the power of the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to draw. As long as those that are in the midst hear God's word. But to understand that profane, profane and idle babbling, ungodliness will spread like cancer. That helps us understand, you know, what's going on today. False teaching, false doctrine. I'll say this one thing and I'll move on. Um, a lot of churches today, one of the main things that they do is, is they want money. They want, they want money. They want to, they teach that you grow in grace through the knowledge of getting more money. <laughs> and the bigger the church, the better the church, the better the dress leadership, the better that you're going to learn and all of that. And I'm not saying that you've got to be poor to be happy and teach the word. I'm just saying that a lot of churches today draw people because of money. And you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that. Because if you go, if you follow money and think that that's the secret to success, remember, we're chasing ex excellence. It's not. We just did some studying on God's word where it talked about, you know, you can't chase mammon. You, you can't do both. So if you truly, truly are seeking excellence in your life, yeah, the money will come. But that's not what God was telling us to do to go out and be rich and multiply. <laughs> he said to be faithful to his word. Amen? Amen? So, verse 4, let's keep going. All right. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. They will turn aside to fables. We've seen a lot of that. That's, that's the contradiction to God's word. Turning aside to fables. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, I wanted to read this to you real quick. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. We've seen a lot of that. Lovers of money. We just talked about that. Boasters. Mm, there's not that much of that going on, is it? Proud. There's 19 things. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankfulness, unholiness, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's the contradiction. 
We have God's word, but we still, at times, fall into a trap of doing one or some of these things. There's 19 of them. In verse 5, it's the commitment. Verse 5, but you, Timothy, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. That's the commitment. And we'll, we'll compare that with verse 16 in chapter 3. And that says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for repute, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That, we'll stop right there. It's profitable for all that. For correction, instruction, and righteousness. This is when you know we're, we're still in the battle because this is not always accepted. God's word is not always accepted. Um, it's just, in our world, things are kind of turned around, topsy-turvy. Uh, we, have, um, we have rights for animals, but we don't have rights for children. Um, It's just a lot of things just backwards these days. That's how you know we're in end times. Um, and not end times like, you know, I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom, but in order for us to continue practicing, we need to stay ready, stay alert, and continue practicing. Why? So that Christ can be preached. Amen? So be watchful in all things. That's, that's very important. That's what we need to commit to. And then the consecration in verse 6. For I am ready, already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. That's what I call the consecration. Uh, he, he gave his life. He gave it all. He gave it all because of verse 17, chapter 3, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped. You want success? How about that? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not worldly knowledge, not worldly philosophy. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every that's why when I started off the message, I said, if I just do what's written in here, if, I, if, if God said, this is what, Roland, you need to follow, no matter uh, how uncool I look, no matter how, um, mm, uh, how I may sound, if I follow God's word, I'll be thoroughly equipped. I don't care what other people think about me. The only person I want to please is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if I'm thoroughly equipped, God will use me in such a way. I may not have um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, you know, 
following me, praising me, saying good things about me. But if my Lord and Savior says, I'm proud of you, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. And worldly success is trying to have people bow down to you here. But realistically, it's the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be bowing down to him. We should be, down, we should be saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Glory in the highest. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We've got to turn around. So last, last verse. Last verse. The conclusion. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Um, how's, how's, how's our practice going? Paul, he, he, he was out there for a good 30 years or more chasing the gospel. At first he was chasing Christians. And then he, uh, he got met on the road, got knocked off his horse. And then he became... Uh, he became uh, just as passionate for God. And he said, man, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. He was just so excited and happy that he was allowed by God to do his work here on earth. Even after all the other stuff. He murdered people. Think about that. Any of you all murdered anyone? We're good. We're doing a little bit better than Paul. God can use us even more. Think about that. We don't have that stain on our, on our name. Because when believers saw Paul, they hid or they wanted to kill him. But all he was doing was trying to preach the word. No, no, really. I'm not here. To, I'm not going to do anything. And please trust me. Trust me. No, I don't know about that, Paul. So he had, to, he, had to, he had to really convince people. Think about that. He had to really convince people. And then he created, he, he, he created such an uproar from non-believers. And then he created such a following for Christ for believers. Man, that is awesome. That is a truly example of how our life should be. So as we get ready to go into 2020, As we continue to practice in our walk with Christ, let's remember what Paul did. Let's remember what Paul wrote here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, listen, there's going to be people that come against you. There's going to be things said about you. You're not going to fit in with the coolest and the hip. Matter of fact, you don't need to. It's been a curse for years and years and years since time began. But stick with the word. Stay with the word, Timothy. Stay with the word, Roland. Stick with the word, God's word. You can't go wrong by staying with God's word. You may start off all messed up like Paul did, where people won't trust you, people think you're saying things, you know, in anger and things like that, but stick with the word. Because when those that don't understand come to understand, they'll realize all he was doing was preaching God's word. I just didn't understand it. I took it the wrong way. So 2020 um, is another shot as we continue to practice for that high calling. And I don't know if you guys have, 
set any goals or anything like that for 2020. But how many people, let's think about this. How many people would you like to share Christ with? How many people would you like to allow the Holy Spirit to lead Christ into their life? How many people do you want to serve in 2020? And let's focus on the, the things that God wants us to do, not so much what we want to do. Because we can always talk about, yeah, I want to lose X amount of pounds. I want to do this. I want to accomplish that. But how about accomplishing something for Christ? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word and um, how passionate Paul was because of it. Lord, I pray that that, that passion, it, it gets down into our, our souls and it creates a fire in us that we want to we live out the life that you've called for us. Each one of us have a, an area in life that we can specialize in, that we can lead people to Christ through. Lord, I pray that this uh, next year that you will work through us and help us uh, do just that and continue to practice and get better and better and better uh, for you, Lord, not for the world, but for you, not for, our, not for our spouse, not for our children, not for our friends, not for our coworkers, not for our neighbors, but for you, Lord, because, you know, if we do it for you, everyone else will be all right, and we'll be able to say, man, uh, I, um, I want to be just as passionate as Paul was. I want to be a follower of Christ, an obedient follower of Christ. And thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. Everyone's here for a particular reason today. We, they all came uh, to hear your word. I pray that it ministers to their heart. Thank you for what you've done. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.